Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 11, verses 16 through 24, called, To What Shall I Compare This Generation? Jeremiah said, my eyes are like water running down. Jeremiah would say, paraphrasing to the Lord, why have you caused me to see such things? I didn't want to see these kinds of things. Nor did I want to prophesy them. And as Isaiah is preaching, he was told at the beginning of his ministry, you will keep on preaching, but they won't listen. You'll say to this people, keep on hearing, but you won't hear. Keep on seeing, but you won't see. For the heart of this people has grown dull, and with their ears they scarcely hear, and with their eyes they barely see. Lest they should return to me with all their heart, and I would, what? Heal them. And so Isaiah said, have you ever been there before where you're kind of breaking down and your lips quivering and you don't want people to look at you? That's how the prophet felt. Now, we're going to go forward to Isaiah 55, and I want to show you something hopeful. Often when the prophets preach this way, brought an oracle or a heavy message, Isaiah 55, and then we'll move on to one more place, they would kind of fold in some hope. Here's the hope. 55.1. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk, 55.1, without money and without cost. It's free. It's paid for. Why do you spend your money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Can't help but think of Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me. Listen that you may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. Behold, I've made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you will call a nation you do not know, and a nation which knows you not will run to you because of the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. I want you to see in the text that as Jesus looks at his generation, I tell you, I sat at my desk this week and as I was contemplating what this scene must have looked like as he pronounced the woes, my heart broke for our Savior. Because he had to be thinking, you know what? I was right here within a touch of your hand. You heard my voice. You saw my miracles. But some of you brushed by me like a stranger in the crowd and didn't give it a second thought. You saw a miracle and you went back to your normal life and you didn't hear. You didn't understand the time in which you were living. You didn't recognize the day of your visitation. I, I'm here. Everyone who lived before you longed to see the days that you see and they did not see them. And you've seen them and yet you have easily dismissed the moment. That's what Jesus is saying. And the prophets said it as well. I'm going to have you turn to one more. 
Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel. You're like, really, Pastor Michael? You're going to make us turn to the book of Joel on a Sunday morning? Yes, I am. Turn to the book of Joel. Let me just tell you, if you're serious about your Bible, you should know where the book of Joel is. And by the way, you could read the book of Joel in 15 minutes. And I'm not joking around. It's only four chapters. But here's what, something I want to say. I'm going to get my preacher's high horse for a second. We've got to do a better job of knowing our Bibles. You know, Spurgeon, Spurgeon looked out at his congregation and he said, you know what scares me? That the only time you guys open your Bible is when I'm preaching to you. Spurgeon said that scared him for his people. And I just want to say to you, we've got to know God's word. The, the light, fluffy, candy-coated sermons ain't going to cut it, folks. They're not going to give you a full understanding of what you need to know. Amen? And how to understand the Bible. So here's Joel chapter 2. Just for the sake of time, it's uh, a day of the Lord image captured in a locust plague compared to an army that's coming in to devastate. And it says of this army, Joel 2.10, before them the earthquakes, the heavens tremble, the sun and the moon grow dark, the stars lose their brightness, Joel 2.11, the Lord utters his voice before his army, once again using an army, surely his camp is very great, for strong is he who carries out his word. The day of the Lord is indeed very great and very awesome. Who can endure it? Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, and with fasting and weeping and mourning, rend your heart and not your garments. I don't need the religious ceremony. I want your heart. Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and relenting of evil. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, even a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Back to Matthew and we'll finish. Here's Jesus very much in the way of Old Testament prophets preaching to the cities that he ministered to. And he said in Matthew eleven twenty two. back to look at, uh, yeah, 22. Nevertheless, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And he's talking about Chorazin and Bethsaida. Now let's just pause here for a second. I'm not sure how this all works out. Like when the Lord talks about the judgment that happens on a city in judgment day, what does that mean? Well, cities are made up of people. And so people live and die in every generation. And based upon where you lived, the light you were given, your judgment will come from God perfectly just based upon the light that you were given. To much is given much will be required. If you had very little light, then it seems like your judgment will be more tolerable. It won't be that you won't be judged. It'll just be more tolerable than others. Here's the accountability issue. So he says it'll be more tolerable uh, for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment. Notice Jesus says a day of judgment is coming than for you. Look at the next one. And you, Capernaum, Jesus' adopted hometown, he now addresses, will not be exalted to heaven, will you? No, you won't. 
Uh, being exalted to heaven is reminiscent of Isaiah 14, where the king of Babylon said he was going to raise up his throne up to the heavens with the stars. Some believe that's a direct uh, prophecy to Lucifer, Isaiah chapter 14, and he would be kicked out, if you will. Jesus says of Capernaum, you won't be exalted to heaven, will you? No. You shall descend to Hades. That is the place of the dead or the place of judgment. For if the miracles had occurred in Sodom, which occurred in you, it would have remained to this day. Now, Sodom, in the mind of a Jewish listener, was the worst city you could ever think of. The worst If you go to Israel today, there is the ashes of Sodom near a place called the Sea of Salt. It's also known as the Dead Sea. There is a figure there made up of salt that they call Lot's wife. Kind of looks like this. (laughs) Remember, Lot's wife. If you go to the Sea of Salt It is a 35 or so percent mineral content. And without the little floaties on, you could read your morning newspaper, walk in there and float because there's so much mineral content, it'll hold you up. But you can't stay in there longer than 15 minutes because if you stay 15 minutes, your skin will be nice. They have Dead Sea products. Ladies put on those scary masks, you know. ah, Anyway, never mind. And not just ladies. And... They, they sell all over the world, but they say to you, there's a clock there, because if you stay beyond 15 minutes, it'll suck the life right out of you. It'll kill you. It'll dehydrate you, shut down your organs, and kill you. So you want to be precise with your time there uh, near the Sea of Salt. Now, the Sea of Salt is underneath ashes. You go to that part of the world, uh, archaeologists will tell you there's evidence of this, the area being burned. And if you know the biblical story... It was burned with what? Genesis 19, fire and brimstone. And two angels showed up at the city to tell Lot and his family, get out of town. Judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. And Lot's son-in-laws laughed at him. They didn't believe him. So he invited the angels in. Do you remember what happened? And the men of the town came knocking at the door and wanted to be with the angels if you know what I'm saying. They wanted to have sex with these men. And the angels struck them with blindness. And the men went about groping for someone to hold on to or something to hold on to. And Jesus says, those guys, if they saw the miracles that have been done in Capernaum, they would have repented long ago. And Sodom would still be standing if they saw the miracles that were done in you. Now, if you're someone in Capernaum who's seen a bunch of miracles, are you starting to gulp a little bit? <laughs> Whoa. This is Jesus now, and I know it's not light stuff, but it's what Jesus said. It's a solemn thought. He says, the worst city ever would have repented and remained if they saw everything that you have seen. And then... Nevertheless, I say to you that it will be more tolerable. There again, levels of judgment for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. Again, we say, to much is given, much will be required. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael. I want to tell you about a very special event that we're hosting at the church where I serve as senior pastor. It's called Living Truth Christian Fellowship right here in the city of Corona. It's the Dare to Defend Apologetics Conference. I'll tell you, some of the top apologetic speakers in the Christian world. This is Lenny Esposito. Now, this conference is designed to specifically tackle our sex-saturated culture and provide answers to the challenges believers face today. Subjects that fill today's headlines like How do we combat the transgender movement that's increasingly endangering our kids? What is critical theory and is it compatible with faith? Now, we'll also tackle really specific church issues such as the battle for the biblical Adam and Eve, the war against the family and how our relationships are being undermined. We'll also deal with how our culture is losing its grip on knowledge as real. Why don't you check it out today? Go to walkintruth.com. Look for that link at the top of our site, walkintruth.com. And you can link right there, sign up, bring some friends, and grow in your most holy faith. God bless you. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. If Jesus were to address our generation, I wonder what he might say. And you, Corona! (gasps) Wait a minute, I was just sitting in the stands up to this point. Now it's personal. Yeah, because we live in a very privileged nation. Do you know, people who have looked at the world and its history say that the only thing that has made the world tolerable over the last several thousand years is Christianity. Now, I know that the opponents of Christianity will say, yeah, but there was a lot of problems, right? Yeah, there was some problems, and the church did some ugly things over her history, no doubt. But people who took Jesus at his word and the Bible at its word overturned slavery, saved babies who were discarded by other people. They got involved in human rights Because they obeyed their Lord, they wanted to do what was right and true. They were the best citizens of all. Yes, you could say there were people who, in the name of Christ, did all kinds of terrible stuff, and that's very true. But anyone who took the Lord at his word did what was right and true, and and I know that that's the heart of the folks here today. What if Jesus said, you, Riverside County, you, Orange County, You, Southern California. What if he said, you, the United States of America? What do you think that he might say to us today? Would he pronounce a woe? Would he say, I think maybe it would be mixed. I think he would say, well done to the remnant, to those who are trying to do the right thing. But generally speaking, here we are a nation of privilege. What might he say? And what should we do about it? Do you know our merciful God in America has given us multiple revivals, several great awakenings at times in our history when it seemed it was about as dark as things could be. In the 60s, when the hippies were doing their thing and everything seemed to be chaotic and there was war and drugs and all the stuff that went with it, All of a sudden, there was a revival that occurred, something called the Jesus Movement. You guys have seen the the movie. But there's been other revivals before that. In fact, recently, in the last several months, whatever you may think of it, 
on college campuses, revival has broken out in America. Now, how far spread it is and how do you measure, you know, the authenticity of all that? I'll let you decide that. But that's pretty good news when our college-age students are saying, we need to come back to God. And I'll say this. For those of you who are younger and you're of that generation where it seems like all we ever do is talk about you poorly. Oh, you know, those guys. Millennials. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I see some incredibly strong millennials who are our future leaders, who are standing on the truth of Jesus Christ. And some of the evidence, even in polls, are coming back that young people are recognizing that they need the Lord. And my prayer for you guys is that you will lead the next revival. Rather than, you know, I don't know what the Lord's going to do. The Lord could come in our lifetime, I don't know. But if he doesn't come in our lifetime, would to God that we have another revival. Amen? Would to God that we return and find the blessing of the Lord instead of the disfavor of the Lord. Would to God that the United States of America shines her light all over the world because the Christian faith is strong. Are we being opposed today? Of course we are. Are people mocking the faith? Yes, they are. But here we are. And so it's our moment, right? It's our, this is our generation. What are we going to do? My prayer would be that we'd repent. We'd get serious about our walk with the Lord. We'd go and make disciples of all the nations and we do what we're called to do because this is the life that we have. Amen. Now next week, I'm going to do something that I haven't done from this pulpit maybe ever. I'm going to ask you to invite a friend next week. Here's why. Because next week we're going to Uh, Look at the beautiful invitation from Jesus. And I want to end on a positive note and tell you that part of this message, after he pronounces the woe, he says, come to me, all you who labor are heavy laden. In other words, just like the Old Testament prophets of old, he says, look, there's a way, there's a way out. There's a way to answer all of this. Just come to me. You don't need to come to religion. You You don't need to come to a party, a political party or something otherwise, or a denomination. You come to me, all you who are weighed down by life, all you who see the culture for what it is, you come to me and I will remove your burdens. I will lift the anxiety and the pressure that you feel. I will give you rest. I am the answer. Remember, yes, he preaches a hard sermon, but he's coming to die mercifully on the cross for us. And so next week, we're going to study that in some depth. And my prayer is that many in our culture, many in your families, many friends will come and hear Jesus's heart. That though, yes, he pronounces this woe, yet he is the answer to everything that ails us. Come. You've been listening to To What Shall I Compare This Generation? Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 11, 16 through 24. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, Any amount is appreciated. 
You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with the final word. This particular Bible verse is Matthew eleven twenty five, and it opens the next section that's ahead of us right here on Walk in Truth. But I want you to hear these words. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants or to babes. Yes, Father, for this was well-pleasing in your sight. Now, Jesus's prayer to the Father, which will be the first part of the next message here on Walk in Truth, is insightful because I believe that what Jesus is basically saying is this. Those who think they're wise and intelligent, I think of Romans 1, professing to be wise, they became fools. Those who are prideful, who believe that they have superior knowledge or they don't need God or, you know, they're just too this or that, too smart, too philosophical, too scientific for the word of God. Well, if that's the case, if you refuse to listen, well, then the truth will be hidden from you. And there's there's a point in your life where if you become that hard packed soil, the seed won't just won't get down there. You need to soften your heart, my friend. Maybe you've stumbled on Christian radio right now and you're like, how in the world did I even get to this radio station? I never listened to this stuff. And here's a pastor. <laughs> Believe me, I wasn't born a pastor or a preacher. I, I lived a life away from God for many years, but he called me by his grace. And perhaps he's calling you right now. And maybe you're in a situation where you're just like, I, I've rejected the God of the Bible. Maybe you grew up in some Sunday school, and you've come to the end of yourself. Your philosophy doesn't satisfy you. Your worldly wisdom ain't cutting it. You know you got a date with your mortality, and it frightens you. And you're like, what do I do? Man-made philosophy can't carry the day. You know, a pastor once said, it's not whether you can live with your worldview. It's whether you can die with it. And my friend, Jesus Christ said that you have a soul. We're going to, we're coming up to a section in Matthew in chapter 16 where Jesus will say, you know, what would it profit you if you gained the whole world and forfeited your soul? You have a soul and your body is going to die. True. Unless the Lord comes in our lifetime, you're going to face your mortality. But the question is, my friend, if there is life beyond the grave, don't you want to know the one who said he is life? The one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. I don't just teach about the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Oh, my friend, now's the time. Today is the acceptable day. Don't put it off. Maybe you're in a tough spot. Maybe the Lord's allowed you to be right where you are. So you cry out to him, wave the white flag and finally surrender. You might say, Pastor Michael, how do I do that? I don't know what to do. Well, you need to cry out to God. The Bible simply says, if you'll confess that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we've been focusing in the gospel of Matthew on the fact that Jesus is the King. He's the Lord. And we need to repent, turn away from our sin, our idols, our false gods, and trust the true and living God who came into this world, was born a baby in Bethlehem. I think you you know the story, lived that perfect life, died on that terrible cross, rose from the dead just like he said he would, 
That's the one you need to trust. And, and it's about making him not just savior, but Lord of your life saying, you know what? I'm going to follow you, Lord. That's what Jesus demands. He, he doesn't want people checking boxes to get tickets to heaven. Yes, he paid the price for heaven, but he wants you to learn to walk with him. He wants you to know him as your good shepherd, and he is good. Hey, if we can help you in getting rooted and grounded in your faith, maybe you haven't darkened the door of a church in a long time. Maybe you are wondering, well, what do I do now? Pick up a Bible, read the Gospel of John. Read a chapter a day. It won't take you long. Read the life-giving Word of God. Get into a good local church. Uh, if if you need help with that, send us a message through our website, walkintruth.com. Give us a call, 844-48-TRUTH. During business hours, 9 to 4 Pacific time, 844-48-TRUTH. Take that step. Settle it now in prayer and repentance. Cry out to him. Pick up your Bible, read the Gospel of John, and get moving in serving the Lord the rest of your days. I'll tell you what, it'll make all the difference. Not in just this world, but the world to come. God bless you. See you tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew eleven twenty-five through 30, called The King's Invitation. Let's not forget that at the very end of this text, there's a real invitation given. Come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden. How do you qualify as the audience? All you have to be is exhausted and weary and heavy laden. Anybody uh, want to raise up your hand to that one? All right, you qualify. I'm Mike Massaro on behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.